Hello fellow adventurers and welcome to the Nerd Lab, where we transform our gaming passion into incredible game designs and learn how to nerd like a boss. My name is Marvin and I'm an ambitious game designer on my quest to develop a cooperative fantasy card game. For this podcast, my vision is to take you with me on this exciting journey and together with you explore the secrets of different game mechanics to reach the next level as a game designer. In episode one of the Nerd Lab, I will today present my vision for this podcast and introduce the game I'm currently developing. In addition to that, I will also talk a little bit about the importance of having a clearly defined vision in general and why I think it would be a good idea to have one for your game as well. But before we start, I would like to introduce myself briefly because this is the first episode of the podcast and I would like you to know me a little better. So, my name is Marvin. I'm 34 years old and a father of three incredible children. Yes, in my day job I'm, I'm working as an IT project manager and I live in Germany. But you probably already recognized that from my terrible accent. My true passion, however, is um, game design. Since I made my first experiences with fantasy worlds like Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering and the Tolkien universe, I dream of crafting my own worlds and bringing them to life with, with my own games. But as you can imagine, with three little children hanging around and a full-time job, um, it's not always easy to find enough spare time to pursue that goal. That is why I want to change that situation, to make sure that my game ideas after initial euphoria do not end up as uh, half-baked concepts uh, and get dusty in the drawer. Because I am convinced that my current ideas are very good and um, I want to pursue them. Therefore, I took six months of uh, parental leave from my day job. And besides spending this time with my family, of course, I want to spend it entirely to concentrate on the design of my new game and to further development as a game designer. And of course, for producing this podcast as well. But that's enough about me. Let's talk about the podcast, its purpose and what you can expect from it. Since I know that I'm certainly not alone with the problem of bringing a game from its first idea to final production, this podcast has two main purposes. On the one hand, I want to be your game design crash test dummy. I'm willing to make the mistakes so you don't have to. For this, I want to document and share all of my successes and failures during the development process of my game. And I want to do that in a brutally honest way, even if it will probably be very embarrassing for me from time to time. My hope is that you can learn from my reports and, well, don't, don't make the same mistakes. In addition, we will also examine one topic more closely in each podcast episode per week. For example, this could be topics like uh, game mechanics... Um, such as turn order, resource systems, combat systems, but in the future also topics like um, card design, finding the correct artists, um, marketing for your game or preparing your Kickstarter campaign. And to analyze these topics, we will be looking at existing card games and board games and take a deeper look at their core mechanics and how they solved uh, the problems they faced during their design phase. And the goal is to, yeah, well, to get inspiration for our games. 
So more or less, the first task of this podcast is to talk about the skills and tools every game designer needs and um, show how I implemented them on a practical example, which is my game. However, as you can remember, I mentioned that this podcast has two tasks to perform, not only one. And the second task of this podcast is for you. Well, you, you didn't expect that, did you? As I said, uh, I have uh, had problems following up my ideas um, after the initial euphoria um, in the past. And therefore, every one of you will be my credibility partner. By promising you to give you a weekly update on the status of my project, I no longer can afford to find any excuses that distract me from, from producing the game anymore. But don't worry, this podcast will not only be about my project. Um, the focus will always be um, on helpful tips and analyzers um, for you as well, with the goal to develop better games in general. One of these little tips is think big. As far as I know, a lot of aspiring game designers dream of a very large and complex card or board game when they first start out. In my case, this dream was about an RPG-inspired card game, roughly speaking. Wouldn't it be cool to have D&D as a card game that plays like Magic the Gathering, but over several sessions? I think a lot of game designers start at a similar point like this. But then they hear again and again sentences like, you should start small, you need to make a simple game before you can um, design a more complex game. Uh, or something like, the first few games you develop will be flopping anyway, so don't spend too much time on them. Since I have never been very good at listening to authorities or to what common sense is, I have decided to disagree and ignore all of the previously mentioned advice. I don't want to develop a plain vanilla game just for the sake of developing it. I want an RPG-like card game, and yes, it may be more complex than a simpler game. Um, and I may encounter additional obstacles, but I'm ready to accept the difficulties here and commit myself to the game. Because I'm convinced that exceptional projects start with a dream or a vision and not with small designs and develop over time. A quote I have read years ago, but that resonated with me ever since is, shoot for the moon, even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. I'm aware that my game and the idea will change um, during the course of development and it already has. But I still want to start with a big vision and see where it takes me. But this is only my take and I don't blame anyone if he wants to start out with, a, with, an, easy, with an easy design. However, I think a vision and um, a vision, a, a written vision statement is very important for, for every game. Which brings us to a topic I wanted to talk about today. And that topic is how to create a simple vision statement for your game. For me, a vision statement is um, a clearly written statement of what you expect your game to be once it is finished. A strong vision can help you to make intelligent decisions during your project and it will also help you to clarify what the goals of, of your project are and prioritize the goals of the project in order to keep your focus on the important things. 
in the beginning it may seem like a, like a waste of time but i found spending time up front to clarify what you want to make will later carry you through the entire design phase of your project if you don't understand exactly what you are making you can run into a lot of problems later in the game which will then cause a lot of delays this is something i have experienced quite a lot in my it project at work i also think it's very important to write down your vision statement and not only shape it um, in your mind um, once you have written it down you should you should also shorten it as much as possible until you have only one or two sentences left um, as your core vision this will help you to be able to clearly articulate and explain your idea to others this is something that i always struggle with um, in the early beginnings of my of my projects when i have not um, yet written down my vision statement i know there are many ways and tutorials on how to write a vision statement but for me um, the following four easy questions have been very useful um, as a starting point for my game And these questions are, what is the theme of your game? What are the core components of your game and what do they represent? What is the core gameplay experience for the players? And last but not least, what is your key difference compared to competitors? Or in other words, what is your competitive advantage? I then first of all started to create bullet points for every question and later on created shorter one sentence statements from this list of bullet points for each of the four questions at the end i narrowed it down even further to have at the end one sentence describing my entire vision for the game which um, can be used as kind of elevator pitch when someone asks you what is your game about so let's start with the first question which is what is the theme of your game A good way to start explaining the theme of your game is to list some games, books or movies that have inspired you. In my case, these are first of all Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop RPGs and especially the world of Forgotten Realms. Then there are also games like Gloomhaven and Decent and uh, card games like Magic the Gathering or more on the adventuring side of card games, uh, Aventuria, the card game, and Lord of the Rings, the card game, as well as the whole Tolkien universe. And there's also the Arkham Horror card game that not, not from the horror aspect of the game inspired me, but more from the um, mechanical side of, the, of things. And of course, there are computer games as well, like uh, World of Rock, Warcraft, Banner Saga, and uh, Dragon Age. But not only the theme of these games inspired me, um, all of these games also have great components and mechanics, which I will use as an inspiration to design my own game. On the other hand, all of these games also have their weaknesses and space for improvement. Maybe I will talk um, about these games and their specific impact on my thinking and my game in the future, maybe in future episodes on, on this podcast. So for my game, the list of bullet points contain that I want to create a fantasy adventure world in a medieval setting, a world full of exploration, um, a world full of different guilds and fractions with their own interests and conflicts. I also want to have a, a magic system in my fantasy world, and this magic system should be, should be based on different resources. 
but it should be kind of logical, explainable where this magic comes from. I also want to use classical fantasy races and classes as stereotypes because I think it makes um, makes it more easy um, for the for the players to understand what your game is about and to find the correct class for them. But I also want to have uh, novel races and classes with with their own twist because uh, I know that many fantasy players are a little bit bored of the of the old dwarves and elves theme. I also want to um, have different roles um, for my game. So this should contain the typical roles most of you know from from cooperative games or online games. Um, there will be a tank, there will be a damage dealer, there will be a healer, there will be some kind of supporter and and mage. And one important aspect I really want to want to achieve with my with my game is I want to create an RPG-like flavor and depth for the NPCs, enemies, and quests as well. That is typically not really available in in other strategy card games. When I tried to formulate a vision statement from this list of bullet points, I ended up with the most generic fantasy theme I could think of, which is. In my game, every player chooses a hero to explore a medieval fantasy world full of magic, monsters and adventures. Well, this is probably true for hundreds or thousands of games out there and it wouldn't motivate anyone to keep listening to what I have to say about my game. However, I haven't really thought about uh, much about the theme of my game yet. My development is more driven by, by the mechanics, which of course can be uh, the other way around for your design. Mark Rosewater, head designer of Magic the Gathering, described these two different approaches as a top-down versus bottom-up design. In a top-down design approach, designers decide on an experience or a vision, a story and the theme first and then break the game down from there into its basic mechanics and components. Bottom-up is the exact opposite. Designers create a variety of basic components first, which are then combined together into a cohesive whole. Nevertheless, I was not satisfied with my super generic vision for my theme, so I sharpened it a bit. Since I'm aware that the theme is important and especially for fantasy games can contribute quite a bit um, to customers' purchase decision, it was important for me to highlight what kind of feeling I want to transport with my theme once it is finished. As a result, I came up with the, the following vision. In my game, each player will choose a character from a diverse variety of classes to explore a medieval fantasy world inspired by forgotten realms, full of mysterious magic, dangerous creatures and exciting adventurers, that has a profound background story to create a unique RPG-like depth and atmosphere. With these little updates, I made sure that my vision contains um, Parts like variety of classes, a profound background story, and unique RPG-like atmosphere. I know that I have not explained how to achieve these goals, but uh, at least I have made them part of my vision, um, to which I can come back later. This brings us to the second question. What are the core components of your game and what do they represent? For me, it was clear early on that cards will be the main component for my game. I think cards are great and I will probably make an entire episode about cards and why I think they are the best tool for game designers. But today I will only give you a short list of reasons without too much detail. 
First, their haptic is incredible. You can hold them, you can turn them around, you can shuffle them, you can hide them, you can reveal them. You could do a whole lot of different things with cards. They also hold a lot of information. And if done correctly, you can reduce the need for rule books massively. They can even override rules or introduce new rules. And this creates an immense design space for you and um, guarantees expandability for your game almost on its own. For example, Magic the Gathering has now something like 14,000 different cards and they can implement new abilities and mechanics without having to change their overall rules. I love cards and therefore for me it is clear that everything that can be implemented with cards will be implemented with cards unless there is a very good reason not to do so. In my game they shall represent character skills, enemies, equipment, traps, obstacle and so on. A great supportive tool for cards are tokens and um, I will use them to track different states such as how many turns have passed or numbers of uses for different cards as well as um, to track conditions uh, such as being stunned, poisoned or damaged. Another component I was thinking about is a, a digital component. Maybe, but only maybe there will be a digital component for my game. I could imagine something like a, a website that is used with a tablet, smartphone or PC that holds a lot of information that is related to the specific encounter and helps the players to keep track of their progress to some degree. We have recently played Gloomhaven with our gaming group and we used the Gloomhaven helper app um, for that and we all think it is a great supportive tool for the game. But I'm not willing to make the decision for my game just yet, therefore I will not add this digital component to my current vision statement, um, but I will definitely come back to it and revisit its usability. Another aspect of components is a trend from the last years um, and this one is uh, legacy games. These are games that are designed to change permanently over the course of a series of sessions, which is something that perfectly fits with my vision of creating a more RPG-like feeling. If we talk about legacy components, we talk about performing permanent physical changes to the components of the game. For example, writing names on cards, uh, placing stickers on a board or yeah, even destroying some, some components. This legacy game development thinking allows um, a multitude of results to be achieved that are very important um, for me. And these are, for example, that decisions which the players make um, should have an influence on the, on the further story. Um, and the game. The game should also be designed to be played over the course of several session long campaign and the game should expand both mechanically and thematically and also um, it should have a, a good part of storytelling um, which then can be used to introduce new, com new components over time. So I will, I will make massive use of legacy components in my game. One more aspect regarding um, components is that I want to have strict separation of uh, generic and quest-related components. I want uh, as many cards as possible to be reusable for several scenarios and maybe even for user-generated content in the future. 
maybe there will be a large fan base for my game that wants to create their own quests and encounters. And therefore, cards and components for enemies, items, tracks, uh, traps, objects, and stuff like that should be very generic. Um, however, on the other side, I also want encounters that are kind of scripted, um, because I think that that makes for the, the best storytelling. So I, for my game, I need to find a way to have this, um, this core components be very generic, um, but play together with the... Yeah, scripted kind of uh, storytelling mode. This is also why I was thinking about um, a digital component for my game. So with these bullet points added together, I came up with the following vision for um, the components of my game and what they are going to represent. My game will use cards as main component and tokens as a supportive tool to represent all game mechanics such as character skills, enemies, NPCs or objects and create an RPG flavor through an intensive use of legacy game mechanics. With this vision, I have made sure that I will be considering cards as components first when I later on encounter challenges during the design phase. If that's not possible, I will try tokens or legacy mechanics like stickers to achieve the desired experience. This brings us to the third question of our vision. What is the core gameplay experience for the players? In my game, I want to achieve a very tactical and strategical experience for my players. And I think this can be best achieved by a turn-based game. I also want a cooperative gameplay. And I want it because I think there is nothing better than an experiencing a great adventure together with your friends. And when I say really cooperative, I mean that the game has to face the well-known alpha player problem, also called quarterbacking because I don't think it is acceptable that one player tries to make all the decisions and thereby reduces the fun for all the other players. Therefore, various mechanics will have to be implemented, um, such as hidden information, hidden agendas um, for individual players, for example. In my opinion, good cooperation also means that everyone plays a certain role in the team. Uh, as for example in a 40-person World of Warcraft raid where every player has a task and if one of the players does not fulfill his tasks, such as tanking, healing, dealing damage for example, um, it has an effect, an, a serious effect on the entire team and I want to have a similar, similar feeling for my game. The next thing uh, are multifaceted encounters with a variety of decision points. I cannot stress how much I hate quests with goals like kill x enemies or kill all enemies. As a pen and paper dungeon master, one of the first things you learn is to create interesting conflicts between players and enemies and formulate dramatic questions that create multiple decision points for all the players. Uh, however, most board games are poorly linear and focus on combat and or movement. For me personally, this experience often lacks the depth um, that a good dungeon master in a tabletop RPG could give me. So let me mention just a few aspects when I talk about multifaceted encounters. For example, I mean environmental conditions and their change during combat. An example could be a combat that starts in a forest, which then for some reason takes fire. This easy change of the environment could not only 
affect the tactic during a fight. It could also transform the entire situation from from a combat situation into a race for survival. What I mean by that is that the change of the environmental conditions cannot only slightly affect combat, but also create new motives or goals for characters and NPCs alike, and thereby lead to new resolution possibilities for the entire encounter. Another aspect is um, a social aspect, such as negotiations, diplomacy, and intimidation. So I want to have a system, some kind of social combat system that makes social aspects as interesting as, as combat. And I also would like to have my system support emotion and moral dilemmas for the characters. Um, often games present players with a pseudo choice where one answer is correct and the other one is wrong. Um, but in reality, this is almost never the case. The world is not black and white and um, a great example of a computer game with uh, very complex decisions is Banner Saga. Um, the decisions you have to make there are very hard and anything else but black and white. So my goal for encounters is that um, I, my system allows for the creation of multifaceted encounters containing combat and non-combat challenges um, and emotional and social dilemma that can be resolved by the players in more than one way. So if I add all these um, bullet points together again to form a, a statement, um, I came up with this. The gameplay will ask players to solve multifaceted encounters with a variety of decision points through truly cooperative gameplay that combines combat and non-combat challenges for a variety of possible resolutions. And this brings us to our final question. What is your key difference compared to competitive games? For me, this will be high involvement through deep character progression. I have played a lot of card games where the core idea is that character abilities are represented by a pile of cards. And this will be the same in my game as well. But there is one thing I missed in all of these games. And this is the deep engagement and involvement I got from pen and paper character progression. For example, um, if I, after a scenario of three to four hours of play, am allowed to swap one card in my 40 card deck uh, as character progression. This is not developing a character for me because in the next session I may not even draw that card from my pile of deck and then I more or less played the same character as before without any change. Let me explain what kind of feeling I want to achieve with a, with a short story. Some time ago I cleaned up my basement and found an old D&D folder. And when I browsed through that folder, I found my maybe 20-year-old D&D characters. And immediately I remembered all of their abilities, their strengths, their weaknesses, their monster they confronted, and yes, all the stories they experienced. I have a unique relationship and memory to each of these characters, even after years. And this feeling immediately came back to life with only one look at the character sheet. This is exactly the feeling I want to transfer to a deck of cards in my game. Um, and that can only be achieved if um, A, players take ownership of their deck, and B, the deck develops over time to represent the progress the characters made on their adventures. So if I have to create one sentence or one statement, it would be 
The game creates a very high player involvement due to deep character progression and engaging encounters by using legacy mechanics on cards like never used before, allowing the players to heavily customize their character to suit their preferred playstyle. Now you hopefully have a very high level understanding of how I envision my final game. But what's about you guys? Do you have a clearly defined vision against which you can measure your design decisions later? If not, I think you should take the time to write them down. This will help you to realize exactly what you want to achieve with your game. And maybe the questions I propose today will help you to, to define the vision for your game. Before this episode now comes to an end, I have one additional note. If you are interested in keeping up to date with the development of my game, or if you are interested in all the resources that I use to develop my game and that I use to produce this podcast, then the following might be something for you. Once a week I send out a short email with the best content on game design that I found on the interwebs during this week. Uh, the mail also contains uh, an, an excerpt from my personal design diary and uh, a look behind the scenes, maybe even with some pictures of early prototypes that I produced. So if you are interested or if you have any other feedback, just send me a short mail to podcast at nerdlikeaboss.com and I will keep you up to date. It would make me incredibly happy and proud to get in touch with you. With that in mind, I say goodbye to you fellow game designers. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. And until next week, keep shooting for the moon and nerd like a boss. This music was by Matthew Pablo and you can find it on matthewpablo.com.